for me, both of these guys, um, whilst you know maybe they they do have some of these you know their own insecurities, and you know we might look at at Tower as being you know Jeremiah Tower is maybe being lonely, and he does make some comment about there is there is a part of his life that is a loneliness, but they also seem to have followed a very authentic path and they seem to have continually been looking for that. And so that's the, that's the, the thing we want to take on here is, is, is that authentic path. And then so what comes with that authentic path? Uh, I think one of, the, one of the standouts is not just, um, not just getting behind what it is that you're doing but actually saying no to opportunities or saying no to situations, saying no to other people and then getting people offside. I think is the the real resonating fact of uh, of both of those documentaries for me, mate. Um, because you can't you can't do everything, and so I think there's a real brave commitment that's come from the likes of these these guys to say, "Hang on, I know that this is this is the thing that I want to commit to. This is the thing that I want to, you know, be involved with," and so that they jump into it. 110%, you know, and I think that's what's really fascinating. There's a big leap that happens for these types of types of people. It's an interesting point. So effectively you're saying that it's as much about what you don't do as what you do do. Mm. I think that's exactly right. Mate. And and this this probably is somewhat contrary to our conversations we've had around range, for example. Um, can't even recall what episode number that that we spoke about that book, but there's there's been quite a few conversations around the the idea of the generalist. And to some degree, I actually still think that these guys are, are generalists because they're quite worldly, they're quite knowledgeable about many different things. It's just that they are very much experts in their domain very much experts in this one particular thing. And so that really shone, shone to me. So in what way does saying no allow them to be that expert or find, because we're technically talking about two people who've found a lot of new, Jeremiah in particular seems to be someone who's found a lot of new things or created a lot of new things. And perhaps Molman is too, but probably maybe slightly differently. What way does saying no allow you to be creative? Yeah, I, and I think I think maybe part of part of the no is let's let's also expand that slightly to being disagreeable. So not just agreeable, <laughs> yeah. you know. So being disagreeable and saying no, but it's not just saying no for the sake of saying no. Typically, these are these are they're saying no for the pursuit of a vision. Because I think both of these guys are quite visionary. They've got they 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 see something in the distance and they want to go for it. They want to chase it and and track it down. And so a lot of their you know you see that in stars when he created stars and the vision that he had and wanted to to build out of that. I think you see that for why he failed at the tavern. Um, you know, we're talking about. Jeremiah Tower here, obviously, uh, the tavern. I just don't think there was sufficient time and I don't think there was sufficient 
um, backing behind the vision that he wanted to create at that place. You know, again, I know very little, but that's my hunch um, about what that situation was. You look, you see Melman doing the same thing. He he won that the award. I can't recall what the award name is. Um, he won an award that he had to fly to Germany for. Uh, and to accept and it's a prestigious award it's the white tablecloths it's the big high chef's hats and all this stuff and this was after he'd had a you know a realization that he was um he was becoming one of those like obnoxious arrogant chefs and so he'd already had this internal you know um awakening happen and he decided that he was going to um basically completely change the approach which people were taking at these uh these are this big cook-up event so the chefs normally come in they you know they put on this multi-course dinner service for all these yeah all these well-to-do people and um you know it's a big event he receives an award and and you know they're all they're all happy happy and wait till next year for the next one what he did was um he decided that instead of candles and fancy, you know, all these fancy plates and cutlery and everything else, he's going to throw, he's going to take across, um, I can't remember how many tons it was, but it was tons of potatoes and just throw them on the tables. And then obviously, you know, that's the, the not only a presentation item, but they're actually going to cook with those potatoes. So they, they're really bringing this like authentic, you know, ingredient from South America across to Germany as part of this award. And it was a real kind of storytelling thing. But the, um, I can't remember what the name of the person is that runs the restaurant. You can imagine a pile of, you can imagine a pile of potatoes on this table. And they weren't washed. A huge pile of potatoes. And then everything in the meals was made out of potatoes. Yeah. And is it the maitre d or something anyway the the whoever runs this this hotel and runs the event were just like you cannot do this you know this is like absolute blasphemy so they brought potatoes like they smuggled these potatoes in in all their suitcases and things because his team came across as well and and basically you know um did it anyway and just forced you know forced their way through to create this thing and end up being a you know a huge spectacular event and so they're able, to, you know, these types of people are able to be disagreeable in pursuit of their vision. I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact that, like, you know, Molman definitely, uh, Davis, yes, Tower, not a formal education, but certainly an education in the traditions that these people, they, they do... It, I haven't really seen an example that breaks this rule yet that surprises me, that they master these, they master the craft of the what's going on now first before they move on to being out there. It's kind of like you just think that in my mind it comes together like, well, they're just creative straight, super out there straight off the bat, but they find the edge by mastering the what is the current and uh, that's quite interesting. I think counterintuitive. Mm, I think that's. I think you've hit hit something there, Lockie. Um, you see, you see the artists, and I'm referring here to yeah, the chefs, but the painters, also like the the elite athletes that 
that go on to like innovate in their own domain, they've had that real high level education and real hard working period where they've they've just nailed the nuance around what they do. And then they're playing on a whole different level. They're playing in this in these depths that not everyone else is playing in. So they start tweaking things in those depths and start playing around with mm. uh, different things. Like Jordan had a crazy, um, you know, not just his work ethic, but his um, uh, the, his training and his coaching that he he was he had. Davis was mm. kind of a he was an outlier in the sense that he had that formal musical background that he was able to get because of his private tuition. Um, Melman had the French, the French chef backing. I think um, Tower was also the same. It, it's always the case, or it seems to be always the case. Yeah, you got to master your craft before you can push to the edges mm. to know where the edges are. I think it was a, a lower a lower hanging fruit to create stardom around it and celebrity status around it than than some other places are. So, elaborating on that, I really resonate here with the likes of Jamie Oliver, and uh, and what Jamie Oliver has probably done, or certainly for my my generation, um, because he was very much up and coming on TV, uh, and I'm sure that there's chefs prior to him that had done the same previously. But none stand out as much as, say, Jamie Oliver does in that space. And I think he really kind of was running with a torch in terms of this this cooking at home, but you've got a professional chef cooking for you, you're following along, you know, there's authenticness to what's happening. And and then, you know, so you had like the naked chef and all the, the millions of seasons of that or whatever and then you had the the other follow-ons which i can't recall and so this is created started creating like a big enterprise and then other chefs get the same you know start doing the same thing i think you know there's like nigella lawson and then there's all these others that have obviously followed since and now today i don't even know who the current chefs are but yeah i'm sure that there's equivalent tv shows by them but what's actually happened is it's created an ecosystem around you know producing you know, cooking shows effectively. Yeah. Um, yep. And so what that actually does is you get some of these standouts like Jamie Oliver's, like Nigella Lawson, who become celebrities and they become celebrities in their own brand. And so, you know, Jamie releases a new book every bloody year, I'm sure, or, yeah. or whatever, and you know, yep. he's venturing into other mediums. I think that paves the way for other, other ways of looking at these things, you know, the, and this is where things like The Chef's Table come out, those type of documentaries where pe- artists are able to have a, a different take and, and a, you know, yeah, a more creative take at how do we portray this, you know, this, this craft, this space, this industry. And I think you've hit on something there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is something that uh, makes a lot of sense in terms of the exposure that they're able to get now uh, and the personality of the chef. Uh, I, I like to use the word artist too because that's kind of what's so interesting about these guys is that they are artists um, and 
it's very sensory. Like you, could, it's very visual. You could combine a heap of different things. It's quite relatable. I find like music um, is incredibly creative and you combine lots of notes, but it's not very visual and I find it hard to connect with the process of making music. Uh, I love, you know, while I like listening to it. Food, we've all made food, you know, we've all been involved in that process. So there's something quite, you can kind of understand what's happening. And then there's this kind of artisan kind of thing going on um, where they're kind of working in a team and under pressure, but they're creating these amazing meals and it's always something new. And, and then, um, and then you can kind of imagine yourself doing it or eating it or something like that. Yeah, there's a. I think I think the sensory to watch the artist. Yeah, there's a yeah. sense there's a sensory thing that's going on for sure. You know, you can almost you can almost smell the food. You can almost taste the food sometimes when it's sitting there. You know, you're, you're salivating when you're watching them serve up a meal on 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 a show. Assuming it's not one of those like real just delicate three bits of you know julian carrot or something that had been cured for 16 hours uh, i don't salivate the, over that yeah it's an area that's hard to innovate but a bit kind of accessible too because there's i mean people have been cooking for so long but there's so many combinations of things that you can still make new stuff but there's a million restaurants um and it's actually a being a chef seems to be an incredibly difficult and taxing job yeah and from people i've talked to who have been chefs or are chefs it's a hard job like it's physically demanding it's stressful it's you know the people are yelling at each other um it's there's a lot going on you know and big big hours too it's and mm. i think i actually think that's part of the equation here because i think that it it, it sort of forces the hand um, in a few ways. One, it creates this this need for mastery because your food's not going. You know, if you're in a uh, you know in a certain caliber restaurant or place that serves food, they're, they're not going to serve serve what you put up if it's shit house or if it's not up to up to up to par. So you need to be at a minimum. You know, there's like this increasing requirement for mastery. Then there's also just this this piece around how much you're actually involved in doing it. You just, you've spent so, so many hours in a focused, giving a lot of energy in every single moment of what you're trying to do that there's, you know, mastery is something that doesn't, can't help but come out from that situation, you know? Um, and There's I've, something attractive in the repetition of it too. Like you're doing it over and over again, getting a little bit better. Yeah, well, it's very Jiro, isn't it? Playing with playing with individual yeah. rice rice grains. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, certainly kind of honing yourself towards a, a, a point, isn't it? 